Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a quick recap, last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization. This season, our fourth season, we're focusing on some of the important aspects facing many organizations today regarding the subject around the future of work. How can organizations create a greater sense of belonging, help their leaders navigate helping their employees in a workplace that might be hybrid, proactively fostering diversity, and thinking through things like personalized employment or really helping an employee connect to purpose in their work? We'll do this by exploring some topics around creating a healthy work culture and how we can make the future of work even more impactful. We'll talk to various leaders and provide our own perspective on what's happening out there, what some companies are doing, what our clients are doing, and what the research says. Today on Survive and Thrive, I'll be sharing my thoughts on workforce strategies, what they are, what benefits they provide, and how you can build an effective workforce strategy of your own. So let's get started. In life, the best plans are usually successful when they go well, hmm, as they were planned. I'm not so sure about that. That is to say, organizing and managing tasks and processes generally provide better results, but there's always unpredictability. Big or small, all operations can benefit from some kind of predetermined planning and strategy. For business leaders, the same rules apply when you're managing a workforce. Now, you may be thinking about how the last couple of years has taught us that we can't really hold to a plan, especially when there's times of great change, and maybe we should go a little bit more with the flow. However, with a great resignation in full swing, organizations can still benefit from effective workforce strategies. So how is this done? There are many methods for deploying workforce strategies that are optimized for the success of an organization. Stay tuned and we'll be discussing popular ways to develop and incorporate workforce strategies for effective use in 2022 and beyond. As with any plan or strategy, you can't succeed without first identifying what success would look like for you and your organization. And how does that success align with your overall vision? When you're thinking through what you want your workforce makeup to look like, it's important to consider effectively what the ultimate goal of your company is, the vision, and what kind of culture do you want to create in your organization. Some objectives you may wish to think about when you're going through a workforce strategy process might be thinking about the specific business actions, the behaviors, the outcomes, what kind of skills that you anticipate that you'll need in the future, what are the different ways that you might be able to afford these different individuals. There are other things to consider when you're looking at your workforce strategies, such as your own internal human resource processes, capacity, opportunity to enhance the workplace culture or promote greater workforce diversity or improve employee retention. These are all objectives that can be considered as part of your workforce strategy. There are also things to think about as you look at your company's performance 
on places where maybe your team hasn't been performing as well as they could have. In addition to thinking about what are the objectives of your workforce strategy and what you're hoping to achieve as a result, other things you can think about are what does that experience look like for an individual that might be coming into your organization, the candidate experience or the onboarding experience. A lot of different studies have pointed to the fact that having a positive onboarding experience as an individual reduces lag time and productivity and increases the opportunity for retention by that individual. According to the Brandon Hall Group research, organizations with a positive onboarding experience increase the new hire retention by 82% and improve new employees' productivity by 70%. It's pretty important to consider not just the objectives of your workforce strategy, but how are you going to attract and engage that workforce once you've identified what your needs are. For workforce strategies to be effective, leaders need to prioritize initiatives based on the organization's needs, and the planning should align with its overall goals. Three considerations that leaders can think about when supporting their workforce strategy is first, to set up tools and methods or processes for clear communication among the team members. This can help ensure a more collaborative process and minimize confusion. According to Salesforce research, this can be beneficial for improving productivity, as 86% of employees and executives report that the lack of effective collaboration and communication is the main cause of workplace breakdown. Secondly, this probably goes without saying, but it is important to align somebody who's coming into your workforce with the skills and capabilities that they are bringing to the table with the task at hand. By 2025, 40% of employees are expected to require upskilling or reskilling. If there are places in your workforce where upskilling or reskilling will be necessary, If you aren't finding that particular talent coming into your organization, start doing research now on training programs that you can implement and invite your employees to participate in order to better align with the tasks of the future. Third, it's important to consider the data that you're collecting and thinking about a data-driven workforce plan. This can help you understand the proficiencies and where there are some gaps that will need to be addressed. Capturing data allows the organization to gain insights into areas of the business where they might need some bolstering in terms of skills and capabilities. There are a number of tools out there that allow you to do some assessment of business processes or HR processes, workforce analysis, and people analytics. It's very important that it's something that is brought into your overall strategy, less important about which specific software you might leverage. And the last part of your workforce strategy needs to take into consideration what's happening in the marketplace. This is probably an obvious statement, but I can't tell you enough that there have been clients that I have worked with in the past that have not been thinking about what potential threats or opportunities lay ahead of them within three to five years that might significantly impact what their workforce can support. So if you're not already proactively scanning 
for changes and signals in the marketplace, it's a good thing to do as part of your workforce strategy. So these are just a few thoughts around workforce strategy. And given all of the shifting that's going on in the market right now, and the various challenges that I think recruitment teams are having, thinking through the workforce strategy and some of the pieces that can help support your success is really important. I guess the key takeaway is you can't just wing it, which I see happening all too often. And really, the studies do say that it's important to be prescriptive about this. According to a study by Jobvite, nearly 30% of job applicants report having quit a job within 90 days of beginning it. And that's expensive for companies. So this just goes to show the importance of planning and thinking about what your overall strategy should be and what tools are necessary to support it. Okay, well, there you have it. It's just a short little clip today on workforce strategies. We'll have more to say about this in the future. But until next time, don't just survive, thrive.